this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now... Let the buzz begin! Hello, After Buzzers! Welcome back to another episode of The Flash, Season 1, Episode 23, Fast Enough. I am your host, Grassy Shire, alongside the fabulous Tari Miller. Hey, hey! Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Tari J. It's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. And, of course, Jeffrey Masters. Hi, guys! Jeffrey Masters. I tweet from Jeff Masters 1. And our very, very special guest tonight casting director, David Rappaport. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. We, we really appreciate it. If you guys yeah. are not on YouTube right now and you are listening to us on iTunes, you don't know how fabulous the costume I'm wearing is. So, <laughs> you know, you're, you're missing out a little bit. Uh, as always, you guys can find us on iTunes, on YouTube, on AfterBuzzTV.com. Use the hashtag ABTVFlash if you're reaching out to us on SoundCloud. Everywhere you're looking, we are pretty much there and we love hearing what you guys have to say. So make sure you give us that five stars, that thumbs up, and let us know what you guys are thinking you're the best fans of all time we really really appreciate it okay let's get into this david you are here with us tonight and you are a casting director extraordinaire you have done many many shows and a lot of dc shows right now yes so what are you working on you're working on this you're working on arrow yeah arrow the flash supergirl which starts in the fall and dc's legends of tomorrow which will be a mid-season on cw yeah it's a spinoff of arrow and the flash and you've really worked up your social media you're you're blowing up over there where can everybody find you uh, at rapaport casting on twitter yeah that's uh, it's really amazing because i i luckily ashley and i by the way we miss you ash we got to talk to yeah. you about uh i think it was about a year ago mm-hmm. and since then you have added a lot of projects to your dish it's been a busy year. It's been a busy, busy year, but it's really, really exciting. There's a lot of great stuff going on. So busy is good. We'll yeah. take it. What are you thinking about the show when you watch it overall? How are you feeling? It was really emotional tonight. Um, I, you know, we haven't worked on this episode, and it was a, about maybe two months ago when we were working on this episode, and so I felt a little bit disconnected from it. And then watching it on the big screen tonight really, um, really made me tear up, especially at the end. It's a, it's a, it was a powerful, powerful show. It was an amazing season. I, had, I learned so much. I had, a, I had a great time, and it's, um, it was a really fitting end to just an incredible year. I um, completely agree. I thought that yeah. the show was brilliant, and tonight's episode was no different. Tari, how were you feeling about tonight? I felt like it was the best 
episode on television. It was just the ending. Uh, it, great. Like I, everyone who was watching with me, I clapped at a certain point, which I don't do. Did I you cry a little? Uh, I I didn't because I don't feel emotions. <laughs> <laughs> I like that about you. <laughs> I can relate to it. <laughs> Jeff, how did you feel? Um, I loved it. It was big. It was emotional. It was dramatic. And with like this underscore, I felt like I was like watching like the Titanic at points. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh my god, I gotta say goodbye. I gotta like before it capsizes. I don't know. That was great. Don't let yeah. me go. Yeah, yeah. yeah Titanic <laughs> moment. Yeah, I, I think that it honestly was a great ending to a great first season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was a little nervous. Nervous, not because they have given me any reason to be nervous, but you know, there's so much build up to this finale that you're thinking, all right, please live up, to, live up to expectations, please, 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 and it really did. Especially after last week, which could have been a finale within itself. It was yeah, so incredible uh, that I, I thought they really did a great job. And we have seen some crossovers throughout the season. We've seen a lot of guest characters, and I didn't know what they would focus on tonight. Mm-hmm. But we, I really feel like we put a. Not at the very end, but we put a temporary bow on certain situations, mm-hmm. which I like to see. Jeff's giving me the eyes. No, I was just <laughs> thinking about the bow. They like they wrapped up a lot of things right. and then gave us a big question mark. So they the gave end. us a bow and then they untied. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. And threw everything all over the place. And they took the place. shoe off. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know you guys at home, you have questions for David. Make sure you guys reach out to us, go into our chat and whatnot. And we definitely will be getting more into you at the end. But we're going to start by talking about specifics in this episode. So starting with our big bad of the season, Wells. We didn't even know was the big bad until about halfway through the season. Now we're pretty damn positive. Now, yeah. <laughs> now there's no doubt in our mind. Uh, he's stuck in the pipeline. And he is, like, the evilest... I guess he's the only one in the pipeline right now, so it's easy to be oh, the yeah. evil. Yeah. yeah. He he's still manages to get some big belly in him, though. He's, <laughs> he's pulling strings somehow, still. It's crazy to me that he is so evil and so big and bad that even behind this glass, I'm still scared of him. Yeah. The, the glass doesn't stop him. Well, now his, like, mask is off, so he's able to like, show his true colors. And yeah. you're like, this is weird. Right. It, it's true. And he gives his proposition. He says, listen, I've outsmarted you yet again, and here's the deal. I want to go home. I've wanted to go home this whole time. Here's what happened. I went, I tried to kill you because I hate you. Like, couldn't have sugarcoated it at all. No, no. I hate you in any future. Yeah. yeah. It's like, okay, girl. <laughs> this is a bad breakup. I want to go home. Poor Barry. He has to sit there and take that. This a, a couple weeks ago was his freaking mentor. And yeah. now he has to sit there and listen to him say, I hate you. Uh, but there is an upside, Barry. Yes, I hate you. But I also kind of love you. And I, I feel different. You know, here's what we're going to do. You're going to go home. I'm going to go home. And, and you're going to go save your mom. How do you feel about that? All right, I couldn't help myself. During the show, I paused it. I turned to you guys. I'm like, all right, what are you guys going to do? This is you. You're sitting there. What what decision do you make? And we were a little different across the board. So, Tari, if this decision was proposed to you, what are you going to do? I, I, I can't. T- I wouldn't take it because I, I had mentioned in the room that, like, even if he saved his mom, he's still, one, unleashing... Uh, Aelbard back onto the future, which means that he could essentially repeat this whole thing over again. Right. Um, and two, like, he he does have a really good life. Like, he's a superhero. He has a bunch of people who love him. He has a, a group of friends. Like, he's had some setbacks, but overall, like, he couldn't ask for more. So there's no reason he should just try to save this one person that would destroy everything. Okay. David, what would you do? In my real life or on the show? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It's a tough one. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. I'm not quite sure, actually. All right. Luckily, I don't have to make those decisions for the show. But in my real life, yeah. I, I think I would, um, I'd be curious to go back. Because see. would you be able to sleep at night knowing you could have gone back, but then you didn't? That's what mm. would eat at me. If you didn't go back, yeah. not knowing what would have happened. 
Jeff, what do you think? To me, it was like a non-question. Really? Yeah, only because like he could literally, he's literally risking everything. Mm -hmm. He can lose his father figure in Joe West, who I'm glad they addressed. He could lose like everything good, like you said, Tari. And also, like he has this fairy tale image of how his life would be with his mother and father raising him. But like realistically, it could have been anything. Anything could have happened. To that point, though, Joe was one of the biggest advocates for him actually going back. Yeah. Which is surprising to me. I mean, we do find out that he was a little nervous about it, but he goes to his dad, he goes to Henry, and Henry says, no, don't do it. And you would think Henry would say, yes, you have to do it. That's my wife. That's your mom. And then he goes to Joe, who says, do it. And you would think Joe would say, don't do it. I'm your dad. I want you to stay here. But it was that role reversal that really tripped me up. Right. How did you guys feel about the two different interactions that he had? I, I just I love the Henry scene in jail. Like yeah. he's such a cool, wise character, and it's like nice to have that. Especially since we used to get that from uh, Harrison, mm-hmm. and now he's out. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like such a warm scene, and I just I needed someone to like slap him and be like, like you said, Tari, things are good now, and also like the world could end. We could at least this black hole, and so you could, there could be nothing. Which was right. left out for a little bit. It was not put on the table that the world could end at first. He, when Wells says it, he's like, "Oh, by the way, uh, it could. You need to get back there fast enough. Not if you don't. This black hole could come, and everything could be screwed." He, he right. fails to mention that. You know, <laughs> no problem. Minor detail. <laughs> yeah, it, it's strange. What did you think about the interactions between the two dads that he has? Um, I. I understood it uh, from, like, I guess on a personal level because Joe has seen Barry in a state where he's always trying to find the person who's, who killed his mom. And so for him, that's Barry's ultimate goal is to find the person or rescue his mom. So that being his motivation makes sense that Joe would go, yeah, this is the only choice that you have, whereas... Henry, on the other hand, I mean, he hasn't necessarily been in that world where they've been chasing down the man in yellow, but he wants what's best for his son, and he doesn't want to see his son end up becoming something else. Because, you know, the way that Barry was raised, it kind of has made him a kind person. Whereas if he... More than kind of. Yeah. He's an incredibly kind person. Yeah. yeah. So if he was raised... his mom was there. Who knows what could have happened and who he could have become. Like, maybe his mom got killed later and he became more resentful or something to that effect. Yeah, that's it. Trying, that's what his dad was trying to say. You never know. There's a nature to this world that you kind of have to respect and live by. So he was pushing him this one way. But my favorite, my favorite response was from Iris, who says, listen... I can't tell you what to do. I'm not here to tell you to go back or to not go back. Yes, if you go back, maybe there's more of a chance that we'll be together because things have been a little weird because we're brother-sister and all. But at the same time, don't do this for anybody else. You need to listen to yourself and be be as selfish as you can. This is a decision you need to make and listen to your heart. Uh, and I was I was really happy to hear that from her. Yeah, yeah. That was a beautiful scene. Absolutely. It, it really was. And... Yeah, it still makes me think about their future because yeah. now that the newspaper is on the table. And I love that they were joking around about the newspaper, too. Yeah, It was like, I guess we get married. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of reminded uh, me of myself in this moment because sometimes I blow up. Like, we saw her in the last two weeks. She was so pissed at everybody. Mm-hmm. And she's just like, I'm never going to be. This is not okay. I've been lied to. I've been this. And I just get so angry and emotional. And then the next week she's like, all right, I've had a week to cool down. <laughs> Let's think about this. Now that I know I'm part of this gang, all right, it's a little funny. It's a little funny that I was on the outskirts right. of this. Let's make a joke about this. And she's the one who starts initiating the sense of humor. So I thought that was cool, their, their little interaction on the roof. And it was cool that it was on the roof in general. Yeah. We got to go back up there, which we, we haven't uh, been doing because once she knows it was the Flash, she didn't want to go up there anymore. Yeah, she, she didn't just rolled into Star Labs. Yeah, I forgot about yeah. it being a streak. Yeah, that's true. I listened to your guys' show last week. Lock the doors, guys. <laughs> Lock the doors. I need to roll into Star Labs. That's what's going to happen yeah, next right. year. In that costume. <laughs> <laughs> guys, I'm the Flash now. Uh, I'll take that sweater. I'll take that Are shirt. Are you in Legends of Tomorrow? Oh, oh, my God. If I rolled into Star Labs in this costume, I think I would be put in the pipeline. <laughs> I like an imitation Flash. They'd be like, no. to my office, I'd call security. So. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I'm like somebody on um, Sunset or Hollywood Boulevard. That's what it is. 
that's what I look like right now in my little fake flash costume. Okay, so we, we are having a lot of different issues with Wells, though. He's talking to Barry, and he's trying to convince him, but the other thing he's uh, person he's talking to is Cisco. And this oh. is when it melted my poor mm. little heart. So Cisco, who unfortunately remembers the alternate timeline, he knows what happens, he says it finally to Wells, and Wells doesn't remember what happens. He mm. says, you killed me. And I keep, I keep replaying it over and over in my head. And Wells realizes what's going on with Cisco, which actually, Tari, you had talked about a few weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, that essentially Cisco being able to remember the other timeline is a sign of his powers as vibe because he's able to, as Wells said, see between the vibrations of the universes, um, which... I have to give the shout out to Geodude who te- tweeted that at me that same week. Mm. Um, so, Geodude, you're awesome. Um, I'm sorry, for the um, non comic book as knowledgeable, see between the vibrations of the universe that's alternate timelines? Um, what does that exactly mean? So, Don't be sorry, it's a great question. Yeah, no. Uh, essentially, I, I believe that we're acting under the the idea of multiverse theory. So every universe vibrates at a different frequency. Oh. So he, he so say each uh, universe was a note on a sheet of uh, like sheet paper, music sheet paper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so he could see sheet music. Yes, sheet music. Thank you. Um, <laughs> like a note, see, like a sticky note. Yes. Okay. Um, I've got the image. See, <laughs> he can see all the different notes on there. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. Whereas, like, we can only hear C, or someone else could only hear E. So what that would that allow Vibe to do? How how would that affect his powers? If he can see all that, how can he use that for good? Or um, It comes in handy when you're fighting people from other dimensions, because you can see them moving between the two. Um, so, for example, if you were fighting against a time traveler, you could see them shift, like, when they're about to shift through time, or you could see a wormhole that's forming within the environment um, and I don't know I don't remember if it kind of is an extension of you can essentially feel the vibe because everything is constantly in motion everything mm-hmm. is constantly vibrating mm-hmm. and I can't remember but I believe it's connected to that as well where he can sense the vibrations of other people as well that's fascinating so have these powers maybe been dormant then because we have seen with Barry at least mm-hmm. he was in the coma for nine months I don't know how long it takes after the particle accelerator for all these things to happen but Potentially, this is just starting. It's at the beginning stages, and it could just grow from here. Right. Interesting. It all, it also could be like less like like he was struck by lightning and like was like put out, and that's like a very mm-hmm. drastic thing. But like I don't know, Cisco's could have been like less drastic, right. so like slower coming, yeah. less life threatening. Right. T- tell me about um, Killer Frost. Killer Frost. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we saw a little clip of her towards the end. Yeah. So what were her what are her powers in the comic books? Uh, in the comic books, she's essentially an, uh, I would qu- call her an ice person. Mm-hmm. Um, so she can shoot ice from her hands, and she can turn things to ice and freeze things in the, of that wow. sort. But she's more of a villain. She is more of a villain. Which is interesting, and I, I was going to... Uh, Stephen, go ahead. Uh, we have a comment from the chat from uh, Lucky Risner. Uh, wants us to shout out Savian Gaming, his YouTube channel, but says... At ABTV Flash, do you think that because Barry saw Killer Frost and Vibe in the Speed Force that Season 2 will introduce them, please? I definitely think that Season 2 is going to introduce them more. And definitely Cisco first, it feels like. Yeah. yeah. Like, baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the great thing is the show is doing really well, so we are allowed to take baby steps because we have time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, we keep losing so many members of the team. Like, I don't think they can have... If Killer Frost isn't a villain, they can't have her, like peace out. You know, we like her too much as the audience, I think. That's right. true. That's true. I am curious, though, and I know we're going to talk more about casting later, but now that we are mentioning that these characters, yes, they are people, but they also are metahumans, potentially. Mm-hmm. When you are casting something like this and you know that Cisco may or may not turn into Vibe, how does that play into you casting him? Do you have to cast for both characters, kind of? Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes you do. I think... Um you know, as they were, as they were building the concept of the show and writing the script, and we were casting it. We had a, a general idea of where a lot of these characters would go, but ultimately, we were looking for actors with just incredible range. And as you've seen on the show, a lot of these uh, actors and characters play various roles. They become villains and they become good again, and what have you. And so, we really have to know that these actors have the ability to play all different types of, of people. And 
Um, you know, not necessarily specifically that they're going to turn into a certain character, what have you. Um, but there are a few. I can't say which ones we knew in advance, but there are a few. Start tickle torturing him. Okay. <laughs> well, on the topic of Cisco, I think it's so fascinating that I mean he has an extensive theater background, but this is his first like TV show. Yeah. That's a really like impressive that the network would sign off on somebody who has no like TV experience. I think he must have just blown it, is, it away. He he blew us away. He's a phenomenal he actor, and he's just he's so natural and he was so funny. Yeah. Yeah. He sang in his audition, which really oh, was yeah. all over. Did you ask yeah. him to? Um, the head of the uh, studio did, and he was he sang something I believe from Jersey Boys, which he was in, and he was also in Once on Broadway. Nice. Um, I saw that. He's great. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Hopefully, he'll get to sing on the show. I don't know if he will, but luckily, we got to see Grant sing this year, which is yeah, yeah. incredible. Exciting. And even if they don't get to sing in the show, I definitely recommend checking them all out on Twitter and on YouTube mm-hmm. because they do uh, Cisco and uh, Jesse, and they all they tweet out different links of them singing together and Rick just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. They they all really do. So they're very clearly talented in many different ways. We, we've got to get a Flash the Musical going. Yeah. <laughs> Tickets available now. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of Cisco, though, I thought it was interesting Harrison's reaction to finding out that he killed him in that alternate universe. He seemed upset. <laughs> upset, yeah, and surprised. And I kind of, like, was surprised and, like, enjoyed seeing that, like, scene. Even when he yeah. was talking to Barry and he says, I have grown to love you and I have grown to really care about you, to me, it was like... He almost had changed a little bit of a person, or he he did have redeeming qualities. I don't know if that's fair to say. Do you guys think that there are some good parts to him? I do. I I think mostly because when he was Reverse Flash in the future, I think he was fighting a concept. He was fighting the Flash, but then he found out who the Flash was, and then he got to know him as a person. And the longer you spend with someone, you get to know their intricacies. And I think that right. like he got to the point where he grew to respect him. I mean, and he had to take on that mentor position, so it, like, bled into who he was. Hmm. Yeah. It just, um, can you speak to, from comic like his experience, why Eobard Thawne hated him so much? It just is, it's like, deep-seated hatred that it sounded like would never let up. Right. Um, well, I mean, essentially, he's a giant, crazy person. <laughs> but, like, he... Okay. Right, so, right. <laughs> I mean, but the, the long and the short is that he was so obsessed with the Flash, um, but the Flash was dead in his time. And so, in oh. his journey to to meet the Flash, he went through so many different things. Um, I think in some versions of the story, uh, he, as the reverse Flash... Uh, kept going through time to remove obstacles from his younger self so that he could become wow. the, the reverse Flash. And ultimately, when he be, found out he was going to become the reverse Flash, he went insane and kind of blamed it on Barry. So it was like obsession turned hatred. Yes. Right. That makes more sense. Okay. It would have been like a, <laughs> not today. <laughs> um, it was just how it would have been like a huge event to hate somebody that much, right? right. You know, I think it was more of a slow burn, just every day building up that yeah. feeling and yeah. an obsession. And because he hated him so much, I was just like, why are we trusting this character to give us advice throughout the show? Because he has ulterior motives. He does, yeah. but sometimes he does good things. Like he has saved people's lives. He saved many people's lives. And he's helped Barry become faster. And if we were looking at this, Barry's goal at the beginning of the season was, I'm getting my dad out of jail. Mm-hmm. What Wells wanted would have gotten Barry's dad out of jail. So they did kind of, even though they had different ways of, of going about it, they wanted something that it wasn't mutually exclusive. They could have both gotten what they wanted. But he also very clearly could have died. And while Absolutely. Wells wouldn't have um, been able to go to the future, it would have been like, okay, I got him. Absolutely. But Wells going to the future didn't mean everything would go to crap for Barry 100%. Right. It wasn't like that would make that 100% happen. So sometimes I'm willing to trust him if it's going to get Barry something that he wants, even if Wells also gets something he yeah, wants. Yeah, just letting, sorry, just letting him go out into the future, it's an unknown, and it's, like, massive. Right. right. Absolutely, and I think that's part of the reason, so Barry goes back, he makes a decision to go back, but I think that's part of the reason he gets back there, and he realizes, I can't do this. I can't do this. And that is a huge thing that's going to weigh on him forever. And at least he did get to speak to his mom and tell her it's okay. And that is incredibly meaningful. Hashtag yeah. closure. Yeah. Seriously, <laughs> yeah. though. But he didn't get to save her. What did you guys think about that choice? He goes back. He makes the choice mm-hmm. to go back. But then 
he can't do it. Was it because his his future self said mm or or what? You could have a theory. Um, he has this theory <laughs> smile on, so I know. Well, I have a, a I have a thought. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think yes, partially because future Barry was like, no, this is a terrible idea. But also, throughout the episode, the main line throughout was everything has led up to this point. Right. Everything, either whether it was between Eddie and Iris or Barry and Joe, everything is a set of dominoes that from the moment that his mother was killed have fallen into place to lead there. And, like, he, throughout the episode, saw, you know, uh, Firestorm and Caitlin get married and, like, he's seen how happy everyone else is. So for him to try to essentially potentially ruin that just to save his mom i think he realized that it one outweighed the other and his dad and his dad saving his mom would save his dad it's not just one parent so i agree with you but it's a really really tough choice that i don't know how old do we think barry is in his 20s this kid in his 20s has to make it's that's how, how could you let that weigh on you like that? Yeah, and also though he like kind of took Iris's advice. He's like, do whatever you think, and it was like the future self being like, no, we, we can't do this. Right. And who are you going to trust? Your, your future self. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I think about what would have actually happened had he gone through with it. Would it have been the worst thing in the world to go back, have his mom be alive, has have his dad be out of prison, and still know Iris and still know Joe? Maybe get a little flirtation thing going on with Iris sooner before she's your sister. <laughs> I mean, no, you wouldn't have known Cisco and you wouldn't have known Caitlin, and then our Scooby gang would have dispersed. So that's sad for us, and the TV show probably wouldn't have been as good. But for Barry, he, he maybe could have come out on top. It was never going to happen. It would have negated the entire first season. Yeah, that's true. Pretty much. You know, and like, well, how are you going to get invested in a show where that keeps like deleting itself? That's true. And yeah. he wouldn't have been the mm-hmm. amazing person he is today if he right. had made that decision, I think. Because it, it would have still made, Ed, uh, made Wells go into the future. And there would have been this ongoing saga, and he's a problem. And he needed to ca- take care of the problem. Right. So he did. He, he comes back, and he goes to, I, I would have to assume, try to kill Wells. He comes right at him. And that flying punch. <laughs> that was, I didn't want to be on the other end of that. That was really a, a good one. Knocks him out, but then his punches aren't as strong. So I'm thinking, okay, the title of this episode is fast enough, but is he strong enough? I, I don't know. And Wells, as he does the thing where he does, did to Cisco, mm-hmm. what were you guys thinking in that moment? Okay, season one, end of this entire show now because Barry's going to die? Or like, <laughs> what was going through your guys' mind? Um, oh man, so many things. Cause it was, it was, I want to know them all. Well, cause it wasn't just like, oh, Wills is evil. It's like, he definitely at his core, like in that moment where he's like, you could have had everything you wanted. He showed that he really cared for these people. And so like, it was such, it was him acting out of anger the same way he killed Barry's mom. But it was also this moment where Barry also knew that it was a futile fight. Right. Um, so I, I, I've been watching too much Game of Thrones, but I was like, ah, oh, maybe they're not going to save him. But, like, I know. ultimately, something happened, and he was saved, and it was sad, and it was great. It was so great. Although it makes sense, because we knew somebody was going to die this episode, and right. many people. We've lost a lot of lives. Too many. What were you thinking as, as his hand's about to go through? You're like, okay, who's going to come save him? Which one of you is going to jump in? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't really like, thinking about like what was going to happen. If that mm. makes sense, I was just kind of like, oh wow, what's going to happen next? And like watching and enjoying it versus like intellectualizing. So right. I don't know how to answer I was that. About the effects, yeah, I thought the effects were incredible. Yeah, Un- they were unbelievable, yeah. unbelievable with but, the wormhole and like, everything. Consistently, consistently. Yeah. And when he was going through the um, wormhole, and we're seeing like the flashbacks of scenes. It felt like so '80s, but still modern, and I mm-hmm. really love that. I think that throughout this entire season, they have been so consistent with incredible effects and also the creativity of giving him new, his same powers, but using them in different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's unbelievable to me that being the fastest man alive can convert to so many different things. Like, the as we see at the end of this episode, running in the middle of the air, going through the tornado, all these things with his hands and whatever Mm -hmm. you can do. 
Uh, so I would like to be a little faster, I think. In life. <laughs> <laughs> that is how I'm feeling. Good luck. Uh, so as he's standing there, he's about to die, and I'm thinking, Barry, I wish you could save yourself, but I guess we're just not there yet. One day I think you will be, but you're not there yet. You need help. Who's stepping in? Oh, my gosh, it's Eddie. Left field. Yeah. This mm-hmm. blew my mind. The second that he said to Iris, I want to be with you, I was like, mm, bummer. <laughs> we must be killing him off because it's not going to work. Oh, really? You thought that? Yeah, I did. I, I think I said it out loud. Yeah. Like, I said he's screwed. Like he's, yeah. yeah, he's a goner. Um, but then I, I never expected this to be the way it goes down. I Brilliant. Yeah. And then going with the smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just shot myself, but I'm a hero. Like, I got what I wanted. Yeah. That was creepy. It took me a second. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? Yes. It, it definitely, it took me a second as we turn and we see him shoot himself. I'm like, wait a second. We're, we're dealing with something right now. I can't deal with you being, like, dramatic. And then I'm like, oh, no, he's helping. You're, you're doing something useful. Uh <laughs> And also the shots in those, like, moments that, like, end fight, it's always, like, an accident. Like, mm. some, you know, like, two guys are fighting, and, like, but they're right. all watching it shot, always. And so, like, to have him shoot himself? Yeah. It's just like, oh, God. Even though you knew what was coming, how did you feel about that moment? It was sad. It's sad. It's sad to, um, it was a sad moment on the show, and it's sad to see him go. Mm. Yeah. Um, I agree. Yeah. He did an amazing job with the character. I thought that he just did a great job. Yeah, he's terrific. Yeah, I mean, I guess you you can't reveal the answer, but I feel like in this show, it's taught us like we never know who will like leave the show. Well, you never do. You, you never know? do. Like we I got Cisco do. for they a second. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, what did you think yeah. when they, the script came out with Cisco dying at the end? Mm-hmm. Well, that was really shocking to me. Like, Wait a second. Uh, it's the middle of the season, and we like we love him. And I don't want to see him go. And then I read the end of the script and realized, you know, mm-hmm. he didn't. But um, that's what's exciting. You ne- you never know when any of these people could go at any time. Right. Um, yeah. It's crazy to think about. Mm-hmm. All right, Tari, I need your help with something. Okay. So before he comes coming out with his the mega punch, we've got a helmet. Oh that yes. Comes through. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. All right. Now. Drum roll, please. Tari, with your genius. What's up? <laughs> um, so that helmet was the helmet of Jay Garrett, who was the first Flash. Um, it, I think it was in one of the first few episodes. You see Barry with some original uh, Flash comics in his backpack. Um, so he is uh, a mentor, or not a mentor, but like what Barry Allen in the comics like wants to be before he becomes the Flash. Um, but he's also like the very first speedster. So you would imagine that he lives within the speed force and that's why the helmet came out. So why would it, why exactly would it come out then? Just on accident? Um, fell off the head? <laughs> <laughs> he's just running so fast. Um, I mean, it's an Easter egg, but so that's the like practical reason. But also because the speed force is connected to all speedsters throughout all time. Mm. Um, oh. So essentially, it it connects Barry to everyone who will ever be a part of the Speed Force. Hmm. And when Wells sees that, he says, "That's my cue to go," because he is very aware of what's going on in that moment. Right. Wow. Interesting. I love Easter eggs like that. Yeah, and something Wells said too about then having to like he altered some timeline how to create the Flash. Mm-hmm. I don't remember the wording, but it like, alluded to, like, in alternate worlds, you're the Flash for, like, other reasons beyond, like, the particle explosion. Yeah. I thought that was mm-hmm. interesting. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. They, they have talked about multiple different characters, and we did have our Green Lantern reference last week, so... You never know. You should uh, have some work on your hands for you with all these <laughs> references going on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I know. I know. It, it, no, I believe in year. you, though. You'll be okay. I, I trust you. So something I want to talk about briefly is Iris's relationships on this show in general because, yes, tonight she has Eddie say, or last week, no, we can't be together, and he comes back and says, yes, we can. She seemingly wants to go with that, but then she also knows about the newspaper, which she lets us know. Where are you guys right now on team what? Or or are you on any team when it comes to Iris and her love life? Uh, I I am not a big shipper. Uh, I know. But, I mean, I think that, like, at this point, she is destined for the Flash, and I think that they've been they've been developing her character over the course of the season, like to make her uh, not to take fan uh, words, but like make her worthy of the Flash. Mm. Um, and like Candace 
has been killing it. Yeah, she's killing incredible. It. Um, and so I, I, I would like her with anyone, but like I also love her as a standalone character. Good point. Hmm. Jeff, I, I just think now that too she's in mourning for her fiance, they in theory got back together. That um, this is going to take her a long time to like get over, and in the meantime, maybe Barry will like find someone new, mm. just like for a little bit of the season, another Linda kind of thing. Yeah, just because they can't have them get together, you know, like right away for the sake of like ten seasons. So, are you much of a shipper, and and how many, how much of this casting is about chemistry reads, and do you know the way that things are going when you're casting them? I'm embarrassed to say I don't know what a shipper is. Oh, a shipper. <laughs> no, it's, a, it's a totally on. okay. It's a relatively new term, and it means when you ship somebody, you like their relationship. So oh, yeah. you ship them together. You could, you it could so be you a can't friendship. Just ship one person, you no, ship you ship the, yeah, you ship the, yeah. Don't be embarrassed. I had to have my little sister teach me. So oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you can ship. That's why they're ship names. Like when you combine the names of the two people, then that's the ship name. Right. So are, are, do you get invested in these relationships or? How how does it work? Because I know, yes, you're a fan, but you also yes. have to cast for it. Yeah, I mean, we do chemistry reads, which is basically taking the two actors. Like, we read Grant with Candace once Grant was cast and tested their chemistry. And we tested his chemistry with other women, and they had the best chemistry together. And there was something really magical there. And so You cast knew. him, though, before you cast anybody else. So everybody Correct. was kind of, you're doing a chemistry read with him. It, it wasn't, Correct. Got it. Yeah, it was, it, we were basing... Um, their chemistry off of Grant or with Grant rather um, other shows you know you don't cast the lead first and you're just kind of casting a group together and sort of casting the chemistry of an ensemble and seeing what works and um, going from there but in this case they were I don't know they were they were just sort of magical um, I don't know how you, you can't be with either of them they're such kind people they're such beautiful people <laughs> they're such talented actors they bring out the best of each other so it's fun to watch them together I mean I I don't know that I would want Story-wise, either them to to for them to end up together, him to end up with um, with Caitlin. Um, I want to see them all together. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you want to see them as a team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. You, you ship the team. I ship the. T- I really ship the team. Yeah, it's a great team. Did you do like non-romantic relationship chemistry? Like we love like uh, Cisco and Caitlin together as yeah, like Scooby Gang, like Joe West. Awesome. I'm trying to remember. No, I don't think we tested them together. Cisco tested separately, and Danielle tested separately. Um, sometimes you just have to sort of it's really it's really a guess you have yeah. to go with your gut instinct and, and kind of guess on chemistry and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't and then there, there's editing hopefully yeah, there's yeah. editing and also hopefully if there's enough talent between them then they can they can act and do the chemistry thing exactly through acting right. exactly <laughs> uh, I, I love the chemistry tonight though with Firestorm and with Caitlin so it, yeah, it's, it's great to see Ronnie back uh, he's been gone for a little bit and I didn't know if we would see him because you know he had his own thing to deal with like being on fire and stuff uh, <laughs> and being part of Martin but it, it was great tonight they decide they were engaged before and there's nothing really standing in their way anymore so why don't we get married in the middle of all this you know there's no time like the present yeah, <laughs> yeah. that reunion and the marriage felt like fast to me were you guys like surprised by it yes I was a, surprised a little bit though I was glad that they did it mostly because to me it, it maybe it felt fast but it was also that Barry could erase this reality, yeah. so it, this could never happen in the new world. But do you think that Barry's life, and if he had done all of that, would have in any way affected Caitlin and Ronnie's relationship, other than that the particle accelerator would have never exploded, and Caitlin and Ronnie probably would have gotten married earlier? I mean, on that timeline, maybe there never would have been a particles there to build. Maybe they never would have, like, met building it. You oh, know? right. Hmm. You, I guess you never know how things can be affected. Yeah. yeah. Like, the girl... It's, like, incalculable. Right. You never... The girl who's get, pouring you coffee could have spilled on you. You could have had to go home, and then something else <laughs> happens. It's, it's like that movie Sliding Doors. Mm-hmm. One thing happens, oh, and everything... Paltrow. Yeah, it was a really good movie. Back when it was okay to like her. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, me too. Okay. Still bad. Um, but I, I think that it is interesting to think about how they... They could have been different, and that's why I also at first was like, hmm, is this the right time to get married? We're really dealing with a lot of stuff. <laughs> but then I was kind of excited about it, and it was a different moment. This episode was so intense. I need a little bit of love. Mm-hmm. A little yeah. bit of love that was going to work. Not just like, hmm. I'm going to pronounce you that I love you, and then I'm going to die. 
Yeah. Right. It's, it's yeah. difficult for my heart. <laughs> and I don't like make too many stretches, but it's nice to know that like they get each other's careers. So if like Ronnie needs to go off and like be Firestorm in like Reverend City, I could see her being like, Okay, just call me like tomorrow. You know? <laughs> she's she's not yeah. calling like who are you talking to? What yeah. are you doing tonight? I hear Felicity in the background. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. And I also love that Martin was back in tonight's episode. Martin Stein, that was so great. He oh. was the voice of reason and wisdom for so many things. Uh he's part of the Scooby Gang now. I'm keeping him. I know. Yeah. I'm not giving him back. I love Victor Garber. I love his energy with the Scooby gang. Like, I need him more. As he comes on screen and you go, yes! Did I say that? (laughs) I go, what, do you love him or something? You're like, I really, really do. (laughs) Makes sense. I feel like he he does complete the gang. And like you were talking about earlier, we kind of need to fill the void of Wells now. Yeah. Because I don't think we're going to be seeing much of him after he disintegrates. Is that what you would call Don't look it? At me. <laughs> you know what? I have no idea. The Reverse Flash is such a major comic book villain for the Flash yeah. that I just don't. I would be surprised if they're like writing him off in season one. Also, oh, go ahead. Oh no, uh, what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to ask. Before he dies, he changes back body forms. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that means. I, I just maybe I'm reading too well, much into it. I think that uh, just relating to that, I think it is related to it, him never being born means he never took Wells's body. Mm-hmm. Um, so then that would probably be the reason why he re- reverted back to his original form. Um, I would imagine that like the same way that everything would have changed when Barry saved his mom, everything changed when he was when he was not born because he essentially set off the original set of um, dominoes. Yeah. And so I think that that there's going to be a way for them to bring him back, especially considering there's probably an alternate universe thing going on right now. Bring him back as as Wells or bring him back as Eobard? You could do both at this point. I think we've seen the end of Wells. I think if he pops up, like the... the, the, um, the evil, the char- I don't want to say the character. Like I think if Ebard comes back, it'll be in like Wells's face and body, perhaps. Mm. But I, I think, I think Wells, Wells is dead for good. We don't, we definitely. The point of this is we don't know what the aftermath no. of this is. We really right. don't, and I don't even know how to describe what's going on outside. Because oh, I, that little thing. It, yeah. So this is again where I looked at Tari a little bit. <laughs> what's going on outside? We walk outside of Star Labs and things are not looking so good. Things are flying in the air. Barry's got to do what he did with the tornado. Martin's like, dude, not possible. (laughs) Don't even try it. Not possible. He's going to try it anyway. What's going on? Um, Well, I mean, it's the black hole that everyone was afraid of. Um, I mean, my theory is that kind of what I mentioned before and that like, they altered the timeline in killing Wells's time, well, the ale, the Thawne line. Mm-hmm. Um, so essentially that further ruptured the timeline and then that pushed the wormhole that was stable into the black hole version that it turned out to be. Basically they poked the bear. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they really did. And and now the aftermath will come. Yeah, and also, like, I have no idea, like, what is going to happen now that Barry has, like, jumped into the black hole. But I think it's important to remember, you noted, Roxy, that we saw Eddie Thawne's body go up in there. Yeah. I don't know if that could mean anything or not, but, like, I don't know. You know, magic happens in black holes. Especially when you can... <laughs> it's true, yeah. I'm, I'm just thinking about that for a second. Yeah, just letting that so I'll in. later. On that note, we covered the episode, so let's get more into David's stuff. But anyway, okay. So I, I want to talk to you about the casting of this show and yes. then also the other properties that you are working on right now mm. that are linked to this show, so it is relevant. Yes. Uh, okay, you, you said you first cast Grant. What was it about Grant? Had you seen him before? Did he walk into your room? Had he auditioned for you? Yeah, Grant had auditioned for us for 90210, and we cast him in a big arc on 90210, the last season of that, where he played a really, really evil, mean guy. Watched it. And he also played a really well. Yeah. Um, he also played a really mean guy on Glee, and I thought he did a phenomenal job there. Incredible. And every time I brought him in, he just seemed like the nicest, sweetest, kind of 
almost goofiest guy and was so it was playing so against type in these roles and when this role came about and they wanted somebody who wasn't your typical superhero was someone a little bit more relatable and fun and charming and maybe a little bit geeky and became a superhero um he was literally the first person i thought of wow and he was the first person that i brought in for the producers and um we cast him and you know it it made sense i could not imagine anybody else in that role i think he's fantastic and he brought so much like depth and heart to that role mm-hmm. i completely agree and i have to say that this doesn't happen with many roles but i have not heard one person dislike him in that role nobody across the board no uh, he has not missed a beat. He's just he's, so charming. He really is, yeah. In tonight's episode when he's hysterically crying, I'm, that you're, broke my heart. You're that brilliant. Broke my heart. Yeah. His moment with his mom, I mean... That was a beautiful oh. scene. Yeah. It sounds like for a such a massive role in a show, it almost was like a surprisingly easy. Like it sounds like. Mm. It was... So difficult. Really? Yes, because... <laughs> okay, it, was, it just sounds like, oh, first choice, and he ends Swing up Swing and a miss. It's, <laughs> it's a process. Casting is a huge process, and there are so many people involved in making the decision. And I mentioned to you before, there's studio and network and directors and producers, and there was no one that questioned Grant's ability. Um, but as we're creating, they're creating the show... Um, they don't know necessarily exactly what it is that they want, and you have to go through this process. You have to see a lot of people. You have to test people. You have to put them on tape, put them on camera, do hair, makeup, wardrobe, the whole thing. It's a it's a big investment. It's a big business investment for these people, for the studio, and they want to make sure they're casting the right person, and so that's why it takes a long time. Um, you know, we, we cast Stephen Amell was the first person we brought in, and um, Melissa Benoist was the first person we brought in for Supergirl. Supergirl. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's going to work for me anymore because you still have to go through the process. You still have to show the studio and network several choices and, and, and make them feel a part of the decision. Wow. Um, even though I may know it and then the producers may know it, um, it's, you know, it takes some time. Oh, so you're, even though you thought of Grant first, you're still bringing in other choices. You have to. Yeah. Right. Wow. It's so crazy to me that somebody that you would think of immediately takes that long. Imagine somebody you can't think of immediately. That must take even longer. Yes. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tough job. It's Was there anybody job. that you were just racking your brain for, couldn't figure it out, and then you saw the person, you're like, oh, great, that that's them. I didn't know them before, but... Um, hmm, that's a really good question. You know, I think um, Candace came in really early, and we loved her from the get-go, but because we didn't have uh, Barry cast yet, I think we had to wait for Barry to be cast and then go back and look again and look at the tapes and bring her back in again and sort of see uh, see her in that light and see her together with Grant, and then it made you know perfect sense. So sometimes you miss people the first go-around, and someone once told me, you know, you just you, you have to look back from where you started, and, and wow. maybe they're there already. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like... Grant was like probably your first choice. A hundred percent. So, um, did you? That's wonderful. Uh, did you? Like, did, how many of the cast was your first choice? Like, like percentage wise, oh, can you God. say? Um, and I know it's not always up to you. It's like a thousand. No, oh no, it's not just my right. decision ever. Um, they are all actors that I have followed their careers forever. Um, you know, for as long as I've been in the business, and I've been fans of. Yeah. So it was sort of a matter of time. Like Danielle Panabaker, I've just I've always loved, and I've always wanted to cast her. And I don't always get to cast my favorite actors, and whether they're right for the role tonally or not. And so this this was one that came up that she just came in and she nailed it, and we kind of knew right away. We've and, had her. Um, you must be crossing your fingers for them under the table when somebody oh, like that no comes idea. in. I'm pushing. I'm pushing as hard as I can. I mean, they, they win it on their own. You know, it's it's uh once you give them that opportunity, you open the door to them, and they they it's difficult. There's a lot of eyes on you, and there's a lot of expectations. But um, she's such a professional. Um, and Carlos was such a discovery. He was found in New York by our uh, New York casting directors for Warner Brothers, and um, he w- he's just as exciting as you know Jesse L. Martin, who yeah. I've always yeah. been a fan of. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Is it helpful for you at all that now you're working on all these DC properties? So somebody might not be right for that hero, but they're right for this hero. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. I think especially. Under, really understanding now the tone of these worlds and these shows. You know, I, I didn't really know anything about comic books before I started these shows. What I really responded to was just the overwhelming passion and excitement of our executive producers and writers who knew these worlds inside and out. And they would come and tell me about these characters and these these amazing, fantastical stories that didn't mean anything to me, but but their excitement meant something to me. And I, and I just I wanted to connect those, those ideas with 
the right actor. Um, and now I have an opportunity to do it over, you know, three shows that will overlap and, and a fourth, Supergirl, which um, isn't, you know, in that same universe, just on a different network. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you were saying earlier with the, the three overlapping shows, if you're, you're booking one actor for the role, that's three different contracts you didn't negotiate? If they're on, uh, you know, Holy it's crap. a little it's a little confusing, but each time they reappear. Yeah. So, like, um, Robbie Mel, for example, you book him an episode at a time, let's say, as a guest star. Per series, though. Per series, yeah. Ideally, you pre-negotiate their rate or their deal, what have you, for yeah. each each show. And now that we sort of understand what that means and, and, you know, that the three shows are working in tandem, we're able to negotiate that up front. Oh, but yeah, it took a while. schedules to of that. them. <laughs> <laughs> That, that takes, you know, it's it's a there's a whole team. I have an, such an amazing office. We have an amazing um, production and, and crew up in Vancouver on the three shows, and uh, we all work together. To, to wow! Based on your casting for the two shows we haven't seen yet, should we be excited of what we're gonna see? We got to see uh, <laughs> a little sneak of um, of Hot Girl tonight, Sierra Renee. That was oh, really, right. really, that was cool. really cool. Yeah. yeah, I was excited to see her. She um, just looks up, says nothing, and I'm like, yeah. oh. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, she was up there shooting Legends when they uh, pulled her in to do that quick shoot. I think they added it last minute. So. Nice. If you guys haven't checked it out, obviously they, they released it up front a little bit, so mm-hmm. make sure the trailers are... I know. Or we're gonna big. Co- we're going to cover gonna them together. I just made that decision right now. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And like it. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, like, diversity is such like, a big like buzzword right now in yeah. Hollywood, and I think The Flash has it. Like, 100%. Yeah, was yeah. that something you guys were striving for going forward? Absolutely. I mean, I, ideally, you're, you're always colorblind casting and casting the best actor for the role. Um, and, you know, it was th- that was really exciting for us to cast um, Joe West and Iris West as African-American. They weren't African-American in the comic books, right. if I'm correct. You are correct. Um, and we just wanted the best actors, and we got them. We got Jesse L. Martin. On, yeah, the you know, two the of them. That was so exciting. Yeah. I, I can't believe that there wasn't a chemistry read for the two of them because they are they're so terrific together. Perfect together. Yeah, in that father daughter relationship, it's amazing. They're good people. I think that's something we we uh, we do in oh, casting wow. sometimes too, is we act almost as HR people, <laughs> where we're looking for kind, generous people who will be nice to each other on set <laughs> and will give a lot of themselves and. And I think that shows. You know, I know Candace and Jesse are really close, and so it's nice to watch them work together like that. Yeah, also yeah. probably like a testament to Jesse L. Martin's acting, just like as an actor, because like he has chemistry with everybody. <laughs> he does. That's he true. Really does, yeah. That's true. I absolutely agree. Well, David, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. Us. Thank you for having me. I want the, everybody to find you and all the things that you're working on and wherever you are on social media. So everybody who's thank looking you. for you, where can they find you? Uh, at Rappaport Casting, just uh, R-A-P-A-P-O-R-T at, uh, at Twitter. Um, yeah, please find me. I'm And I'm such a huge fan of you guys. I love what you're doing here. I think it's really, really fantastic. Thanks. And I yeah. think... Um, it's a just great conversation you're having every week, so I appreciate it. You're the best. Thank you so yeah, much. And make sure to check out Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and, of course, Flash and Arrow and, and everything he's done. You, you've been amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Seriously. And Jeffrey Masters, where can everybody find you? I'm on Twitter at JeffMasters1. And Tarn. Uh, I'm on Twitter at Tari J. It's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. And Ashley's at Miss Ashley Daniels and also at Ashley Daniels and she's on Periscope and Twitter <laughs> and all those great things. And I'm Roxy and you can find me at Roxy Stryer and you guys have been absolutely amazing. You can find us at AfterBuzzTV, YouTube.com slash AfterBuzzTV, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, wherever you are, use the hashtag ABTV Flash. Even though it's hiatus, we will be looking out for you guys. Uh, we, we really want to keep the conversation going because it's going to be a long break. Luckily, we have a season two that and we will talk to you guys throughout. Thank you so much. You've been the best ever. We love you guys. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.